0: Oh, the birds in the morning. How nice, isn't it? Website updated. Newsletter's out. A little bit more about that. Delta M1 results. Module 3. Is that even possible now? Could have some other plans for the spring instead. And, ooh, yeah, Nomad Nomad Sculpt. If I have time, I'm going to talk about this extended bike ride that popped up over the weekend. Well, not here, but thought maybe some people would do. Monday, February 20th, 2023, I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. And for those of you who don't know who or what I do, I am an English language consultant. Actually, I'm not just the English language. Yeah, primarily it's uh, English language, but I'm uh, considered a language consultant here. I work for a a private firm and we talk a lot about uh, language development and stuff like that and help uh, people sort of understand their positioning in their proficiency abilities, so their abilities to uh, function in various languages, most of all, English. Been here for quite a few years, and this year is my audio digest. I started this, mm, I think it was last year, two years ago, almost. Uh, In uh, Yeah, two years ago, I started doing one-minute sort of daily reviews of what was going on, and then I think at some point last year I, I sort of solidified on or settled on the uh, the 20 minute format that I have followed ever since. And I think it's a good um, a time to to have a daily podcast. I publish this Monday to Friday, so you can find all the other uh, shows and the show notes and everything. MP3s on my website stephenszersky.com. That's where I keep everything. Uh, but then also all streamed on Spotify, on Anchor. Uh, Google, Apple, Amazon, it's all there. Uh, if you want to take it on the go and you, wanna, you don't want to download mp3s, I actually only uploaded the mp3s for a, quite a while. Uh, I did go through Anchor for uh, this podcast, but I have another podcast where I talk to other expats and other creatives and other people that I meet along the way uh, in my travels, and uh, I just actually released episode number 37 of what I call the Big Cast. So it's the Steven Sersky Podcast. And those ones are extended interviews with people. This one, 20 minutes, uh, 20, 25 minutes between there, roughly Monday to Friday. Uh, but both of those you can check out on my website, stephensersky.com. That's where you're going to find it. Now, Burns in the morning. What is this? Stephen, peaceful? Zen? WTF? Yes, of course. Uh, well, I was actually out a little bit earlier than I normally am, and I think... I'm gonna make it a uh, an effort. I'm gonna make an effort to get up earlier. I've been getting up. The alarm has been going off at I think it's 6:35 or 6:45 as of late. And this is part part of it is because it's been winter and cold and dark outside. And although the dark doesn't really bother me, it's the cold. And I used to work out in the mornings, uh, and I, I've stopped doing that because it is cold. Opting instead to push back the outdoor workouts into the noontime or after work. Uh, at like late afternoon, and then that way I could be a little bit more uh, mobile and warmed up and not, you know, sort of risk being cold. <laughs> yeah, I would like to say risk be getting injured, but honestly, there's I, I don't think there is, to tell you the truth. Not that with the intensity that I go at, uh, but uh, looking to get up a little bit earlier because I was thinking, you know, it would be nice to have a morning routine in which you go for uh, the morning uh, saunter at that point I'd be reviewing my uh, HSK-5 flashcards, that gives me about 25 to 30 minutes of um, flashcard review, i listen to some of the radio as well, uh, and then come back, uh, do some mobility stretching and stuff like that, especially if it's um, a work day, I found like if I can get 10, 15, 20 minutes would be optimal, 20 minutes of stretching done before work starts, the day is that much better, it just is. Plus. The other thing, I've talked about my coffee before, um, making fresh coffee and being able to have a couple of sips when the coffee is fresh rather than waiting for it to not just cool but then for like a, a client meeting to end uh, or a conference to end. like, uh, And then, I'll, you know, there's a point when coffee tastes its best within like the 20, 25 minutes after you make it. So it goes from really burning hot that you can't really have it then it sort of cools down within uh 5 minutes or so and then for the next 20 minutes or so it's pretty good to have when it like you're that's the point where like ah, that's coffee that's how coffee should taste after that time elapses you kind of get into the it's like hmm, it's, it's good coffee yeah, yeah I'm I'm not going to not going to not drink this and then by an hour into hour hour and a half anything after that I mean you're sipping basically coffee acid acidic coffee which is i mean again you're gonna have it especially if you buy good beans it's still gonna have some flavor anyway uh but um if you if you don't buy good beans or if you even if you let uh, leave- co- good beans sit for a while they they lose their flavor and so it loses that 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 whole ah that's coffee feeling and that ah. That's coffee reaction to the experience of drinking coffee, which is why so many people drink it, right? I mean, well, at least that's why I do. I mean, I do like good tasting coffee. I've said, I've said before, it's one of the things I look forward to in the morning. And uh, if you don't have good tasting coffee, I highly recommend you invest in some good tasting coffee and see how it changes your morning and your approach to the morning and how you even go to bed because you will you will be excited to get up in the morning because like, I have. More coffee. I have coffee to- waiting for me. I have coffee that I can go get. Yes, absolutely awesome. Oh, anyway, it's, it's worked for me before. But uh, so you go. Know, that little sound clip at the beginning there. Those were the birds. This morning, um, were out there. I don't ask me which ones. There was a woodpecker in there. If you can hear that, the the the, the, the sporadic bang bang, bang 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 bang. The whatever it is. Anyway, that that woodpecker. I'm not sure if there's one or two of them on on the on the compound. But they like to... Uh, they, he's moved over to a tree now. He's not pecking at the buildings. They sometimes peck at the buildings, and I don't understand why they do that. What kind of bird brain idea is that? Snap. But he's now pecking away at the uh, um, the trees. And it did actually kind of strike me. I, I was wondering, again, very... I, I guess I could Google this. How do birds survive the cold? Like, people complain about... I complain about the cold how do birds, they don't have really any, uh, they're tiny, they must, their heat must get sapped from them very quickly, and I'm guessing they sort of also uh, um, hide hide away, away from the, the wind and stuff like that, it also makes me wonder how many birds die in isolation, like how many birds are just kind of so- frozen to a windowsill and just kind of stuck there, you know, not and they they never move because they they died there and the wind doesn't hit there anyway so they just there's just dead birds all over the place and all these places that we don't see right th- th- that's kind of the, the sense that's one of the questions i have like i mean how many birds die on really cold days i guess is, is the question because you see them flying around and you're going dude i don't even want to be outside and i was like my species has all sorts of heating appliances and warm Jackets and stuff like that, and coffee. But your species doesn't. What? How do you survive that? Likewise, they might be... How do you survive walking on the ground when it's so cold? I'd rather be up in the wind, or along the wind, with the wind. Ah, yes. Again, if this is your first time joining me, I do have these uh, conversations, these thoughts that go through my mind, and I try to extrapolate them a little bit. I guess you could call these the philosophies of Steve. Um, they're few and far between, but they do pop up every now and then. Uh, and the other thing, uh, if it's the first time listening, uh, you have to understand that I, I I live on my own, and this podcast is recorded basically me staring at my wardrobe and an empty seat across from me. I don't pretend there's anybody there. It's I have a cell phone that I talk into. I'm also recording this on video on my my tablet, um, which I thought I was going to post them before. I just didn't really... I don't think it's really necessary to post them. Not yet, anyway. Uh, so that's it. Like I sit in my room and I contemplate the philosophies of bird deaths. Anyway, website updated. Uh, i had some time to get that done. Uh, newsletters are sent out. I don't think I sent the language vlog newsletter out, which if you haven't subscribed to... So I have a couple of websites and a couple of... Um, channels that I uh, contribute to on YouTube. One of them is a Stevens Language Vlog, very creatively named, in which I track my own Mandarin Chinese progress, uh, but I also am looking to put uh, a bit of a, re- res- a resource, a repository of materials to use for either current English teachers or going forward, sort of building up a database uh, of uh, stuff, of material that I could use later on that um, is location independent basically. So that's sort of half of the idea with that one. And I so, and what I also started doing is I've write, I write newsletters for both of these. So I have a newsletter from my website. You can again, see that on my, my main site. Uh, that one, I talked a lot about uh, the Delta Module 3 results uh, that I received on uh, Friday. And that was sort of a disappointing fail that I got uh, from Module 1, which means I have to rewrite the test uh, sometime later. Um, The language vlog one actually talked about how long it actually takes to learn a a language, and there is a difference between learning your first language, which, I mean, everybody is pretty much successful, Uh, vast majority of people are successful in learning their, their first language, their mother tongue. Second language acquisition, not always easy, so it's not the same. A little bit different, you can be bilingual and there is some debate about which one sort of is learned first, but it's not a big difference. If you grow up in a bilingual or even a trilingual household, but mostly like a bilingual household, you're going to know those languages far better than someone who learns them later on. But not to say that a person who grows up only speaking or knowing one language cannot learn multiple languages throughout their lives, their life. They don't get one life As as far as we know. So I was referencing a bunch of um uh like there's there's the IELTS band descriptors that talk about uh the different proficiency levels. Um same with TOEFL they have them. The common European framework, reference framework for languages or whatever it is. Uh that one gives a bit of a breakdown of what to expect. And then also talking about the USA's uh United States' um Foreign Service Institutes Uh, foreign language uh, school, where they talk about the different difficulties that native English speakers can have in acquiring different types of languages. Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese, Korean, Japanese, those are what they consider category four languages, which are the hardest. Um, Oh, and same with Arabic. And those, uh, what that means is that it would take you about 88 weeks. If you're a native English speaker, it would take you 88 weeks or 2,200 hours, I think it is, to reach proficiency, Uh, and I'm not, I can't remember exactly the definition of how proficient you are, I'm not sure if you're fluent that time, but you're proficient, and given that this foreign language institute is sort of um, aimed at military and government personnel, it's, I don't know if they need to be absolutely fluent in a language, like reading, writing, speaking, listening sort of thing, Uh, but certainly being able to understand some of the cultural nuances, some of the formalities, uh, and being able to conduct basic um, business in the most general sense on the ground. If they really needed someone who knew the language, then they would probably hire a local translator sort of thing, and that's uh, how they would do it. And the translators, I mean, might be stronger in one language compared to the other. Uh, All that being said is that this this newsletter was sort of a, I want to remind myself at how long it does take to learn a foreign language because I meet a lot of people who kind of wonder like how can you how do you break down learning language how do you sort of approach it and how do you keep yourself motivated throughout well one of the ways to keep motivated is to know exactly how many hours you should roughly be spending per level that you want to attain not only that it's not just the hours you put in it's the type of language you're able to to produce, and that of course changes uh, as you go up the ladder of proficiency. At the bottom, you might not be able to use conditionals, like would could should, um, but you'd be able to apologize. You'd have to, you'd be able to speak in an appropriate register, like understanding a little bit, like uh, like sir, madame, um, excuse me, things like this sort of thing. Uh, learning that is part of the language learning process. So. I took a look at that for my language learning vlog. I might turn that into a video as well. Uh, probably would be a good idea. I was also working on another video for the the language vlog. I haven't uploaded it. it doesn't look like it did upload just yet. Uh, so I will get that done as well. So module one, WTF? Okay. So uh, if you missed Friday's episode, uh, module one. This is the Delta uh, the to- diploma for English language teaching for adults, and it's a three-part sort of diploma that you get, which is equivalent to a master's degree in basically in teaching. English as a a foreign language to adults. Uh, You can of course have specialisms where you teach uh, youth or for special purposes and stuff like that. But mine is sort of just the uh, generic one. So module one, I was working on between September and December and I failed the test that I wrote in December. Now, this past newsletter, I talk about the three failures I had back in 2022. First one being HSK-5 test, Uh, failed that. Then I failed, I failed hitting my, my body modification goal of dropping like some uh, like slimming the body quite a bit. I, I didn't hit that goal uh, either. And then the module one exam as well, I failed that. Uh, and so looking forward going, wow, well, the common, the common uh, denominator in all of those is me. So there must be something wrong with my approach. Or... There's just something that needs more time, especially given the fact that I am working on HSK5, high-level Mandarin Chinese, working on a module, uh, module one, which is a, a master's degree program. Uh, and then uh, also, I mean, for, for dropping the weight, yeah, it's I, I read about in the newsletter, how like beer and chocolate, I still haven't eliminated that, and I still don't think I should, because uh, one thing I do mention is about quality of life. And it's not so much that those make up the quality of life, it's that when you look at the news, you kind of go, there are other things that can kill you faster, harder, stronger than beer and chocolate. Those are just the easy ones to point out, right? And as an expat, as a traveler, you don't want to think about these things, but let's face it, <laughs> I mean, beer is probably the least of your worries on many of your, your journeys. And it's probably safer sometimes to drink beer rather than you know, even bottled water as as crazy as that sounds. Uh, so module one Uh, I do have to rewrite it, Uh, I don't have to do it right away. The next test is in June, they only take place twice a year, so June and December. Um, I've emailed the lady and she says you can take it whenever you want, basically it doesn't matter. They're all modular and it doesn't prevent you from moving on either. So if I wanted to, I could actually do one of the other two modules right now or whatever and come back to module one uh, sometime later. Uh, As I've just learned, it turns out that uh, funding for the module three, which I thought would start um, this in March, the the module will go ahead, but there's no funding available for it. So I'm going, well, if there's no funding for it, why would I do it? (laughs) Why would I do it right now? Right? Instead... What I could do for the springtime. I have these couple of the projects that are coming up uh, March, April, and May, which are very busy for my uh, quote unquote creative season where I'm creating a lot of video work and stuff like that. Uh, but then I could also spend the time instead working on HSK 5 and studying for the module one once again, and then have that all wrapped up by June. I mean, then you have sort of a nice little uh, closure to all that, provided that I pass all of them. If I fail, then I'm like, all right, well. Forget this. I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's what it is. Um, and then whether or not I want to do module three uh, in September, you can we can think about that later on. I guess one of the things that sort of bothers me about failing the module one uh, and not having funding for module three right now is that it does kind of put my timeline that I thought I could get done, get everything done by the end of this year, doesn't look like it would happen unless I really fought for it. And there's something to be said about fighting for things. There's also something to be said to, be, to to go with the flow and do what you're able to do. And I'm looking at this going, what would be the easiest course of action that would still move me forward? And literally, it's like signing up for that uh, a retest and working on HSK 5 to decent, to better, to good proficiency sort of thing, right? So that would be the easiest because those two things I'm most familiar with, and not only that, add Uh, to both of those with no deadlines other than June. Uh, And HSK5 doesn't have a deadline. I can sign up for the test anytime I like. Uh, Delta wouldn't be until June. With these creative projects uh, for the next three months, be pretty pretty busy for that as well. Uh, And that way, I would have lots of time to work on all this stuff, right? So that's sort of what I'm thinking of doing. Uh, It's just the easiest sort of course of action that would although it seems it's kind of like a repeat of 2022 to tell you the truth which to me it shows like maybe i'm taking biting off more than i can chew at once and uh I mean, want to talk about this nomad sculpt uh this is a sculpting program i'm doing on ipad um and then also this bike ride i was i was thinking about which has come across my uh, radar before, but I'm going to leave those for another day to talk about as I'm already hitting up against that uh, 20-minute limit I tried to uh, place upon myself for this Daily Audio Digest. Uh, Anyway, so if you have any questions about this, get in touch. If you want to know more about the Delta modules uh, or even the HSK uh, HSK tests, they revised the HSK test this year. So there's a new, um, they've now bundled, the old so before last year's test i only did reading writing and listening i didn't do speaking well this starting this year they put all four skills into one test Uh, they've increased the price of course Uh, but then on top of that they have rejigged the innards of the curriculum of the course as well so where i'm i'm saying i'm working on hsk 5 that's according to the old system I would still be about HSK 4.5 to 5 uh, according to the new system, but this system would sort of put me, it would push me down only because uh, of the number of characters and the grammatical points that are needed to be demonstrated and understood at this level. Within the next year, now this is the next question, okay, so what happens after HSK 5, you ask? Well, now they have a nine-band system. Uh, so it's uh, from uh, band one or level one to level nine for Chinese proficiency. Levels or bands seven to nine aren't just uh, proficient and expert level. It's usually a specialist of some sort. We're talking like people who are doctors, finance people, uh, translators, interpreters, where they have and they have to know so much about the language that they know more than just a general educated academic background, which is what HSK5, HSK6 would be. HSK5, HSK6, But those levels, you are now able to go into a Chinese university that only speaks Chinese and take classes. That, that's basically the only key it unlocks. Um, that you, and if you do that, then you open up the idea of working for a Chinese company if that's what you want to do I can tell you (laughs) there aren't too many people I know studying HSK 5 or 6 who want to go work for a Chinese company at at all to tell you the truth (laughs) I I don't see that Um, the people who are even HSK 5 HSK 6 they usually have an interest in Chinese culture but they still usually work for a foreign company that has business in China so Uh, and, uh, so that's just, that's what I've seen. That's those are the people I've met, uh, different students. I haven't met all that many, I could say. I mean, I've been here for a few years, so I have met my share, but I I work in the English teaching circles and the, that circle is notorious for not being proficient in the native language. (laughs) It's very much a cursory glance of, I tried and, uh, it's just so many other things to do. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, show notes and tracks up on my website, Uh Again, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, get in touch and I'll be uh, happy to uh, help you out, point you uh, in the right direction if I can, uh, or uh, give you some advice, 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 advices, advice, some guidelines that you can think about. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.